Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack family. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 110. Listen to this episode in its entirety. Don't prejudge my early comments and think you don't want to hear these things. Whether you enjoy heavenly bliss or burning hell for all eternity may depend on what you hear in this episode. We see fighting between the loony left and ordinary Americans all the time, everywhere from social media to right out on the streets. Uncivil discourse and violence have become a way of life in America and around the world. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you already know I don't have any problem with a physical fight for liberty and destroying tyranny. That is, after all, our heritage as Americans and Catholics. One thing I failed to make clear about this, though, is that fighting a war to preserve liberty only solves the immediate problem. It does nothing to address the root cause. The only way to solve the long-term problem is to attack the core issue, and that's to create a new Western civilization beginning here in America by re-evangelizing society. When I say that, I can almost hear the collective gasp from listeners and see their deer-in-the-headlights look because even the vast majority of Catholics who actually know the faith as well as we all should are terrified at the very thought of attempting to evangelize other people. So the question each of us has to answer is, are you a Christian soldier or a modern-day nice Catholic wimp? In other words, do you have the faith and zeal of Saints Peter and Paul, or do you prefer nice Catholicism? The answer to that question is what I'm going to help you figure out in this episode. Don't stop listening now, because where you spend eternity may well depend on the things we talk about in this episode and your subsequent decisions. Do you have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a holy Orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, The Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic is barely two years into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 77 countries, all 50 states, and 177 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women, ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2020 was 14% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other podcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each episode's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. So contact us today on the Sponsor Kit page on our website, cantankerouscatholic.com, or email Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate.
The majority of modern Catholics don't even know the most basic elements of the faith, so it goes without saying that they certainly aren't aware of all the things Jesus commanded us to do. Most Catholics think all that's necessary for them to attain heaven is to believe in Jesus Christ and everything else will fall into place. That isn't even close to the truth. I think we can agree that we all ultimately want to go to heaven when we die. But because the aim and reward are so high, does it really make any sense that our salvation would be so easy as to just believe in Jesus Christ? That would only make sense to poets and psychotics. Think about it. No matter what you do for a living, you had to learn and work hard at being proficient at what you do in order to earn a living doing it. The roof over your head and the clothes your family wears didn't just magically appear. Nobody merely gave you the things you have, from the necessities to the luxuries. You had to earn them. So what on earth would make any responsible, intelligent person believe that the greatest acquisition known to man, eternal life in heaven, would just be given to anyone without actually earning it? Yes, salvation is free. It doesn't cost you a dime. But Jesus placed a number of conditions on that free gift. We talked about some of them in the past, and we'll talk about more in the future. But right now, I'm going to talk about the one command Jesus gave that no one ever really wants to talk about. In fact, I don't know anyone else who talks about it. Jesus told us that we have to evangelize, that is, to share and spread the gospel. Many might immediately rebut that Jesus didn't make our salvation directly dependent on that. My response? Sure he did. In Matthew 28:19-20, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. I'm not focusing on the first part of what Jesus said, even though that's a commandment to share the faith. I'm focusing on the part where Jesus is telling us to observe all that he commanded us. He has certainly commanded us to share the faith in numerous places in the gospel, and here he's commanding us to obey what he commands. We see and hear lay evangelists and apologists and revere them as our Catholic heroes. Why? Why would we make heroes out of apologists and lay evangelists? That doesn't make any sense to me. There wouldn't be designations like apologists or lay evangelists if Catholics were doing what they're supposed to be doing in the first place, because every one of us is commanded to share and defend the faith. Every one of us are already supposed to be lay evangelists and apologists. The biggest reason why Catholics don't evangelize is fear, based on my 30-plus years of experience. But fear can either be an immobilizing force or the stuff from which heroes are made. Every recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor, Silver Star, Bronze Star, and several other military medals for valor did something incredibly courageous to earn those medals. I've never met a CMH winner, but I've known a lot of men who were winners of other medals for valor. In every single case, these men have told me they were afraid. So what makes them different from the sniveling coward on the battlefield who hunkers down and cowers to avoid the fight and these military heroes? Both were afraid, after all. The difference is that the heroes channeled their fear into action, into being proactive. 
As a former Protestant with 30 years in lay evangelism, I've noted two primary differences between Catholics and Protestants. These two differences make me feel embarrassed for and ashamed of my fellow Catholics. The first obvious difference between Catholics and Protestants is that for some reason Catholics won't spend time reading and studying the Bible. When they do, they tend to use Protestant Bible studies, which to me is like drinking a poison to quench your thirst. I'm amazed at the number of Catholics who don't even own a Bible. They think they get all the Bible exposure they need during the readings at Sunday Mass. Not studying scripture is like having a pill that will prevent you from ever dying of cancer and refusing to take that pill. It just doesn't make sense. Protestants, on the other hand, particularly fundamentalists, spend a lot of time reading and studying scripture. Most of them have a ton of verses memorized so they can quote them when needed. I know this to be a fact because many of them over the years have tossed verses at me to show me the errors of my ways and to come out of the evil clutches of Rome. They've done that to millions of other Catholics as well, to great success. I've seen entire fundamentalist congregations made up of almost nothing but former Catholics, something that couldn't have happened if they'd known the teachings of the church and where the Bible basis is for those teachings. They died from the cancer of Protestantism because they never took the pill that would have saved them. The second thing that's different between Catholics and Protestants is their fear of sharing the faith. Joe, I don't know enough to share it. Well, whose fault is that? I can promise you that your Protestant brothers and sisters didn't know what they were doing when they started, but they did it anyway. Heck, I didn't know enough when I started making converts. I was still a catechumen. Recently, Michael Vorse interviewed Andrew Torba, the founder of Gab.com. Andrew isn't a Catholic. He's a Protestant. I don't know what denomination he's affiliated with, but he has a heck of a message for Catholic Christians. I think it's one we should all heed. Let's listen to what he has to say. So I, I think one of the biggest problems that we see right now, especially in Christendom, is Many Christians are afraid to express their love for Christ or express uh, afraid to to speak about the gospel, um, which is what we're commanded to do. Right. We kind of, you know, are, are secret Christians like we're Christians on Sunday. And then, you know, throughout the rest of the week, no one really knows that, you know, we're we're practicing Christians or that you know we should bring Christ into our everyday life, into our everyday conversations and have these conversations uh, with friends, with family, with coworkers. Talk about this stuff that's going on. I think. One of the things that this communist culture, this this critical theory, uh, this toxic critical theory culture that we're in right now uh, has done is it has muzzled us. It has uh, not only, you know, are we being censored directly, but we're being censored uh, indirectly as well through self-censorship out of fear because we don't want to be fired or we don't want to lose our friends or we don't want to, you know, aggravate a family member or, you know, any number of things. We don't want to be banned from the Internet. So people are, are, are choosing to muzzle themselves, even though they're thinking different things and, and saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? We can't have that anymore. Now is the time to speak out about this stuff and to speak out very loudly. We, you know, we're commanded to speak the truth boldly, and that's exactly what we need to do right now. So that's one obstacle is ourselves, like we're getting in our way of, of ourselves, of our, our, our ability to reform and our ability to to grow and to build. So that's number one. Number two is 
uh, you know, this deplatforming, it, it really does have a, a tremendous impact on uh, uh, that fear factor of why people aren't speaking out. So, you know, if you're afraid of losing your bank, if you're afraid of losing your ability to process payments on the Internet as a business, if you're afraid of losing the ability to distribute a message as a business on the Internet, on a Facebook or on a Twitter or whatever, um, you know, you're not going to say these things. You're not going to talk about these things. You're just going to shut up and be quiet and watch as tyranny spreads across the, the West. Um, so, you know, one of the solutions to that is getting off of these platforms. Stop making our enemies money. Stop allowing them to track our kids, to have all of our personal and private information and support, you know, companies like ours. We're not the only one out there. Uh, but, you know, all tech platforms that say, no, we're going to stand by and defend free speech and defend privacy rights and defend American values and defend Christian morality and Christian values on the Internet for all people. Was Andrew speaking to you? Are you afraid to the point that you're self-censoring, cowering like the battlefield coward? Why? This life we have is nothing more than a blink of God's eye. In the light of eternity, it means nothing. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about how big tech is censoring me. Now the Biden administration is pushing for legislation to classify Orthodox Christians, conservatives, and Trump supporters as domestic terrorists. They intend to put us in prison for speaking truth. Am I afraid? You bet I am. I'm terrified. So what should I do with that fear? Channel it. Recognize that I serve a God who's greater than the gods of Marxism on the left. If I wasn't channeling my fear, I'd have already stopped doing this podcast. I've got the good sense to realize that the worst they can do to me is kill me, and that's just doing me a favor. As St. Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's what we all have to do. Jesus told us that if we deny him before men, he'll deny us before the Father. Yeah, that's in the Bible, one of those things you'd know if you were studying Scripture. I don't know about you, but my life doesn't mean enough to me to hear Jesus deny me before God the Father. We have to learn to be bold and make our fear work for us. We've all been told all our lives never to discuss the controversial topics of politics and religion. That's a lie from the bowels of hell. I never discuss controversial topics, so I never talk about soap operas and organized sports. But I never shy away from religion and politics because they deal with elements of truth, and truth is never controversial. You've got to overcome your fear and mobilize it rather than allow it to immobilize you. Let's listen to a little bit more of what Andrew Torba had to say about that. You know, a lot of people are afraid to, just like we're afraid to express our faith, we're afraid to talk about things like angels and demons. We're afraid to talk about spiritual warfare, but it is very real. Um, this is light versus darkness. This is good versus evil. It's plain and simple. Um, and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge that we are in a spiritual war right this very moment. And you need to decide what side you're on. Are you but, on the side of but, God? Let, let me, if I can interrupt you for a second. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people are afraid to, if they're afraid to acknowledge it, that in, implicit in your answer is that they actually do understand that. So sure. if they understand it, what are they afraid? Why are they afraid to acknowledge it? Do you think? Well, it goes back to this fear. It's this fear of, you know, losing the stability, fear of losing this comforting life that we have and these niceties and this consumerism culture that we have. Uh, none of this stuff matters if our souls are lost, right? 
uh, you know, people are afraid. I, I understand, you know, as, as someone who has a family, I understand you don't want to lose your job. You got to provide for your family. You don't want to, you know, have the outrage uh, cancel culture mob come after you and your family. I've lived it. But if we stand tall in our principles and in our beliefs, they cannot knock you down. The, the, the only way that you cannot be canceled is if you refuse to be, just like I refuse to be. You need to stand tall and say, I'm not going to apologize for believing what I believe. I'm not going to apologize for worshiping God and glorifying God. And um, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you do. I'm going to stand here and take your slings and arrows and carry my cross just like Christ did. And uh, we need more people that have that type of backbone. I think many Christians don't have that type of backbone. Um, Christianity has really become emasculated in many ways and neutered in many ways. So we need to get back to this uh, masculine Christianity, as I like to call it, where we have backbones and we have spines and we stand firm in our faith and we stand firm uh, with Christ in this spiritual warfare. To the average everyday American, it's bad enough that the topic of religion comes up, but you're looked at as a nut when you start talking about the spiritual war taking place between good and evil. Why should that bother you? Talking about demons and angels and the spiritual battles taking place around you right this second is a good thing on many levels. First of all, it's true. Speaking truth is always good because God made your mind to know and share truth. Secondly, one reason why the demonic powers are so powerful in today's society is because Christians are afraid to talk about them. If you talk about the demons, you've exposed them, and they're powerless when they've been exposed. The demons won't go down without a fight, but you strip them of their power when you expose them. Overcome your fear. As Andrew said, you have to decide whose side you're on. It's time to put on your big boy pants and find your spine. Voris asked Torba where he sees America five years from now. His answer was one of a truly faith-filled Christian. He'd make a good Catholic. Let's listen to him and decide if you can say the same thing. Where do you see America five years from now? <laughs> uh Hopefully, uh, we still have the First Amendment. Hopefully, we still have free speech, if I have anything to say about it. Um, I, I pray for peace. I pray that we can come to together and, and unite on some of these common problems that we see in this world and, and the common enemies that we share. Um, I, I'm optimistic about it. I, I'm, I'm not going to be pessimistic about it. I'm not going to be depressed about it or anxious about it because ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I serve a God who is in control. Uh, he's the creator of the universe. And uh Every time at the end, God wins no matter what plays out, so I'm not concerned about it. There's one other one-minute cut from the Voris Torba interview I want to play for you. Then I want to talk to you about it on a purely Catholic level. Let's listen. And now is the time for us to lay this foundation and build, really, our own websites, our own version of the internet, our own economy, our own you know small businesses, because... You know, the way things are going, you know, people are getting gab treatment, as I like to call it, where they're being, you know, no platforms off of hosting providers and payment processors and banks and essential services. And that is not going to stop. I think what we're going to see is that's going to accelerate. So as Christians, we need to start building right now and laying the foundation for for the future, because uh, this this communist culture that we're living in, it, it inevitably leads to death and destruction and it cannot stand it. Well, it will end in ash. And uh, when it does get to that point, which is inevitable, 
uh, Christians will have a firm foundation and a firm uh, economy and a firm internet and and, and businesses and um, all these services and community that we have built up and family that we have built up, you know, over the course of decades. And now is the time to start doing that building right now. And that's that's what I'm doing with my life's work, really. If you don't understand by this point in this week's episode that you have to evangelize, then you're either being intentionally obstinate or you don't really believe in Jesus Christ and the one true church he established 2,000 years ago. If you don't really believe, contact me and we'll talk about it. If you're being intentionally obstinate, get over yourself and learn and apply what you have to learn in order to save your own soul. The very first thing you need to do is learn the Catholic faith the way you should know it. I get emails from listeners every day. I got more during January than I've ever had. Of all those contacts, it was clear that only one of those Catholics actually knew the faith. Nearly all the other contacts think they know the faith, or at least wanted me to think they know it. But it was clear to me that they don't know or understand the Catholic faith at all. If those email contacts were representative of the 31,000 listeners in the six-pack family, and I believe they are, then you need to learn and understand the faith. Again, you can't live what you don't know, and Jesus told us in Matthew 7.13 that even most of those who know the faith will end up in hell. Okay, it's time to get serious. If you doubt that, if you think there's plenty of time to make things right in your life, then all you have to do to be divested of that fantasy is to look at the world around you. So let's get serious and lay out a plan of action. Step 1. Learn the faith. I'm not leaving you orphan there. Go to cantankerouscatholic.com or click on the show notes link on the podcast player you're listening to this on and look for a link in my show notes that says, I want to learn more about the Catholic Church. Then fill out the form that pops up in your browser. Two things will happen after you confirm your request in the confirmation email you'll get. First, you'll get a free email course with short lessons that show up in your inbox every three days. Then, on every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, you'll get an invitation to a free webinar series called Sharing the Catholic Faith. Register for every single webinar, even if the time of the live event is inconvenient for you. Within a day or two after the webinar, you'll get a link to a recording of it. Attending the live event is better, of course, because you can ask questions on the live event. I don't make a dime doing this. I'm giving to you freely what was given freely to me. You're my six-pack family, and that's what you do for your family. Step two, with a dependence on the Holy Spirit, you've got to come up with some creative ways to share the faith with others. Certainly, you want to begin sharing the fullness of the faith, that is, the things I'll teach you, with your family and friends. It doesn't matter if they're already Catholics. I have a parish full of Catholics who need evangelizing. My brother Knights and my Knights of Columbus Council know that if they speak to me, they're going to get lessons about the faith. I've made some very good friends that way. It's true that many of them view me as a fanatic because our faith is the center of my life, but the day's going to come whenever they realize that not hearing me was their loss. There are tons of other ways that you can share the faith. I utilize the internet. 
The internet's an incredibly evil place. The number one thing searched for is pornography. In the top ten of things searched for, people are looking for religions and spirituality that isn't Christianity. But I use the internet to reach thousands of people every week with the gospel. You can too. You don't have to do what I do. Everyone is different and unique, so everyone brings something different to the table. That's where dependence on the Holy Spirit really comes in. You've got to ask Him what He wants you to do. Years ago, I stopped asking Him to bless what I was doing and began asking Him to let me do what He was blessing. Hence the Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy apostolate. Maybe you should start your own blog. Blogging is easy and free. It doesn't cost you a dime to share the faith on a blog. If you learn the proper way to do a blog, you can eventually have thousands of dedicated souls who read every word you write about our holy and ancient faith. In some ways, blogging is akin to podcasting, and in two years, I've gone from 40 listeners to over 31,000. That's what you can look forward to. I'll include some links in my show notes for some reputable blogging courses. Some are free, but the better ones cost money. If you're serious about evangelization, spending a few bucks shouldn't be a roadblock. Speaking of podcasts, maybe you could do a podcast. Podcasts and podcast audiences are growing faster than anything else on the internet. There are a fair number of Catholic podcasts out there, but very few of them are orthodox, and even fewer are evangelistic in nature. Maybe you could come up with your own podcast based on things you think I should be doing differently. Maybe you've got a fresh idea the Holy Spirit is giving you. Podcasting is easy, and I have fun doing it. If you want to learn how to podcast, I'll give you the links to the very same courses I took and endorsed to become a podcaster, as well as the remarkable podcasting platform I use. And there are always ways to monetize your podcast if you feel like you need or want that. I don't because I'm trying to reach souls without strings attached. Of course, I'd be happy, even consider it a privilege, to give you advice if you want to start a podcast. Maybe the internet isn't your thing. Maybe you prefer interacting with people face to face. Until the stroke that confined me to a wheelchair, I always preferred face to face contact. Apparently, God had other ideas, though. Anyway, if you prefer face-to-face, you don't have to go it alone. The St. Paul Street Evangelization Apostolate is there to help. They may already have a chapter in your area, and members of the chapter are well-trained in evangelization. If there isn't a group near you, they'll train you and help you start one of your own so you don't have to face the fear of working at evangelization alone. I'll include a link to the St. Paul Street Evangelization Apostolate in my show notes. Of course, for those who have their minds made up that they absolutely cannot or will not evangelize and share the one true faith with others, your only other option is to support one or more evangelistic apostolates with regular financial gifts. Not one-time gifts, but regular gifts. With one-time gifts, you're just tossing sand at evangelistic efforts when throwing rocks is what's required. I'm not saying this to get you to support this apostolate. 
I don't care which apostolate you support, as long as you're supporting one or more. You need to treat it like any other monthly bill, so figure it into your budget. God's given you so much, so you need to give back some to him in thanksgiving for what he's given you. Just in case you want to help this apostolate, the information enabling you to do so is always available in the resource sections of my show notes. Let me finish by reminding you that all Catholics are morally and seriously obligated to share the faith. Your age is irrelevant. Your health is irrelevant. Your financial situation is irrelevant. I'm a retiree bound to a wheelchair and flat broke. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm not bragging, just pointing out that you'll have no excuse when you stand before Almighty God for your judgment. I need to tell you something very important. Every Catholic needs to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic because this show helps people learn to navigate through these tumultuous times as well as learn, understand, and live our faith better. You can help other Catholics find the Cantankerous Catholic much easier by leaving a review. Reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show the Cantankerous Catholic more often to people looking for Catholic podcasts. For your convenience, there's a link in my show note for ratings and reviews. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Denver Catholic. Lisa Fixler noticed something about skateboards and snowboards. Go into any skate shop and look at the designs that are available for kids. They are horrifying. So she started a Catholic skate company called Motherboards. Would you get a load of that? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic news pick number four. Hats off to the Washington Examiner. MasterCard will no longer allow payments on a leading pornographic website after it discovered videos depicting rape and children. Visa has halted payments pending its own investigation. The decisions come after an investigation by the New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristoff. American Express and PayPal have already cut off payments to the website. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to LifeSite News. The Ohio legislature has passed the Unborn Child Dignity Act, which would require abortion facilities to pay for the babies to be cremated or buried. Everyone should be able to agree that the bodies of babies should never be thrown in the trash, said Mike Gonadakis, president of the Ohio Right to Life. The unborn victims of abortion deserve the same basic decency that we afford all human beings, a dignified burial. Governor Mike DeWine is expected to sign the bill into law. I like that! You can read the whole story by clicking the link on my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick pick number two. Hats off to the Daily Signal. A new mutual fund, oh, you investors are going to like this, 
a new mutual fund called American Conservative Values ETF won't invest in 20 big corporations such as Starbucks, Nike, and Progressive Insurance, which finance left-wing causes. All right! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to National Catholic Register. Support for capitalism among young people grew from 59% in 2019 to 68%, according to a new Heartland Institute poll. Despite the increased calls for socialism by many on the far left, the vast majority of likely voters believe that the United States should embrace a free market economy, said Chris Talgo of the Heartland Institute. There's hope for our youth after all. Now we're talking. (laughs) You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. On one particular occasion, a Marine used some very bad language and mentioned the name of our Lord very disrespectfully. The chaplain happened to be nearby and overheard the Marine. He jerked the young man to his feet and forcefully repeated the same words he'd just heard. The rest of the Marines in the group were astounded. Now, said the chaplain sternly, you've heard me say it, Marine, and I'm a priest. How does it sound to you? The Marine was shamefaced and silent. It ought to turn your stomach, the chaplain said and left. It probably did because there was a marked decrease in profanity in the unit from that time on. The second commandment is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. This commandment obliges us to always speak of God, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the saints, and sacred persons, places, and things with reverence. To the surprise of many, it also obliges us to take oaths truthfully and to be faithful in fulfilling promissory oaths and vows. Like all the commandments, much more is implied than what's mentioned in the face of the commandment. And what's implied here is what is forbidden, profanity, blasphemy, cursing, and carelessness or deceit in taking oaths and vows. The Protestant misinterpretation of this commandment is yet another anomaly that has crept into Catholic thought. Most modern Catholics that profanity and cursing are both one and the same, but they're what's actually called vulgar language. Vulgar language in and of itself isn't sinful. Actually, vulgar language is simply a cultural thing. What's considered vulgar in one culture society isn't even noticed in another. Vulgar language is determined by so-called polite society. Although vulgar language should be avoided, it isn't necessarily sinful. It's sinful when done in the presence of the opposite sex or children, which is the best reason to avoid it altogether. This begs the question, then, of what is really profanity and cursing. 
Profanity is the abuse of God's name, that is, every improper use of the names of God, Jesus Christ, but also of the Virgin Mary and all the saints. We violate this, usually in a venial way, when, for example, we abuse these holy names when expressing anger or surprise. Cursing, on the other hand, is actually what the name implies, the invoking of evil upon a person, place, or thing. It's sinful to curse animals or things chiefly because of the uncontrolled anger or impatience involved. It's sinful to curse a human being because that person is made in the image and likeness of God. Blasphemy, another of the forbidden actions of this commandment, consists in uttering against God, inwardly or outwardly, words of hatred, reproach, or defiance, in speaking ill of God, in failing in respect toward Him in one's speech, in misusing God's name. The prohibition of blasphemy extends to the language against Christ's church, the saints, and sacred things. Blasphemy is contrary to the respect due God in his holy name. It is itself a grave sin. That's right out of the catechism of the Catholic Church. People also confuse vows and oaths. An oath is calling upon God to witness the truthfulness of what we say. We must be careful about using an oath, and it may be used only under strict conditions. When we have a good reason for taking it, we're sure we're speaking the truth, and we don't have a sinful intention. The glory of God, the good of our neighbor, or our own personal good are valid reasons for taking an oath. Perjury is thought to be strictly a legal term, but it's theological as well. In law, perjury is simply telling a lie under oath. In theology, there is the added evil of asking God to be a witness to a lie, even if we don't use God's name as part of that oath. The abuse of an oath is always a mortal sin. People who like to tell stories and frequently throw the phrase, I swear to God, are committing mortal sin each time they do this. A promissory oath is a promise made to others in God's name to engage the divine honor, fidelity, truthfulness, and authority. They must be respected in justice. To be faithful to them is to misuse God's name and in some way make God out to be a liar, according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. A vow is a free and deliberate promise made to God, by which a person binds himself under pain of sin to do something especially pleasing to God. The most common vows are the marriage vows and those of poverty, chastity, and obedience taken by members of religious orders. In light of this, it's suggested you revisit the vows you've taken, marriage vows for those in the marital vocation and religious vows for those of the religious state. You might be surprised at what results when you make your examination of conscience. Now let me change the subject for just a moment or two. Those of you who've been listening to this boot camp weekly and finding it nutritious for the soul may want to do some solid studying on your own. Well, I'd like to make a suggestion. The late servant of God, Father John A. Hardin, was a personal friend of Pope St. John Paul II. The Holy Father asked Father Hardin to come up with a course to help the Catholic faithful learn more about the faith. That singular course, originally written for Mother Teresa and her spiritual daughters, evolved into two courses, Basic Catechism and Advanced Catechism. 
They're required for members of the Marian Catechist Apostolate, of which I am a proud member. But you don't have to be a member to take the course. If you're interested, check out the link to the Marian Catechist Apostolate in my show notes, or you can call 608-782-0011 and talk to the folks at the Marian Catechist Apostolate during regular business hours. They're happy to help. Next week, we'll take a look at the third commandment, remember to keep holy the Lord's Day. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from Pope Pius X. He said, if there were one million families praying the rosary every day, the entire world would be saved. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Cardinal Fallhaber was once visiting a department of a hospital where blinded soldiers were being treated. Some were partially blind, others totally blind. He overheard one of them praying, Lord, I beg you not to take away the light of my eyes. But if it is your will that I should be deprived of it, then leave me at least the light of my mind. But if it is your will that I be deprived of that, leave me at least the light of my faith. The cardinal walked over to his bed. Where did you learn that beautiful prayer, my boy? Oh, are you Cardinal Fallharbor, who was to visit us this afternoon? Yes, the cardinal replied. The soldier told him, when I was a boy, I used to take the old Cardinal of Mainz in Austria into his garden and attend him there. He was 90 years of age then. I heard him say that prayer very often. I've never forgotten it. The soldier felt that losing his eyesight or even losing his mind would not be so terrible as losing his faith. Faith is your greatest gift from God because faith will lead you to God and everlasting life. It's not so much sinning against faith that you should avoid, but rather that which leads to a loss of faith, namely indifference and carelessness in practicing This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. 
Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.